Hey everybody, my name is Anita Kirkbride of Torp Communications and this is Halablab, the show for small businesses in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Join me as I talk to businesses you may be following and some you might not have heard of yet. Hear stories from local business owners like you, how they started, where they're going, and of course, since I'm a social media consultant, how they're using social media. Take a moment to subscribe right now so you don't miss an episode, whether you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. Hello, Halifax. Welcome to the Halablab. Yes, this is truly me with a new voice just for you today. I've been uh, suffering with the dreaded cold that's been going around this week, and so This is what's left of my voice. It was actually worse the last couple of days, and I wasn't sure I was going to make it today, but I thought it was really important to have today's blab with Janet, our guest today, because (laughs) this is prime time for students applying to post-secondary education and applying for scholarships and bursaries and making all of their plans for next year. And if we didn't do it today, it was going to have to be put off till January in our schedule. So... Now, I said, we're going to do it today. Maybe we'll have a few laughs along the way with my voice. So I apologize if my voice doesn't come across perfectly in the uh, podcast today. But we should have a few laughs about it because it's kind of cutting in and out funny. But I was saying um, on my, my personal profile today, the last time I remember having to speak in public with a voice like this, I was in grade nine and my teacher, I think he thought I was lying and he didn't believe that I was really as sick as I was because I was at school after all. And he told me, no, you go ahead, you read this passage. And I honked and squeaked like a donkey and the class laughed and laughed and laughed. And he said, all right, I believe you now. So I haven't had to do that since grade nine. So we'll see how it goes today. Anyway, so uh, welcome to Janet McDonald from My Campus GPS, our guest today. Uh, Janet is a former university admissions officer. That's where she gets all this good knowledge. She now helps high school students and their parents prepare for university. Her main area of expertise is scholarship preparation. Janet has over 10 years of experience with university admissions, scholarship selection, and scholarship programming. Her blog was recently named one of the top education blogs in Canada. I love that because I love blogging. So congratulations on congratulations on that award, Janet. Thank you. So tell us, how did you decide to go from university admissions to doing this as a, as a business separately? Mm. Well, I... Um... I started out thinking that when I went to university that I would be a guidance counselor. So I've always had that, you know, working with young people and helping them and all of that sort of stuff. And so it didn't turn out that way, but actually after university, I went into my first kind of real job um, where I was working with teenagers on a um, a 24 hour telephone counseling line. So we, I helped them to answer the telephones and I trained them to do that. And I worked with just this amazing group of young people and I just loved working with them and I loved that sort of role. But um, after that, I went into um, admissions at university. And so I was an assistant registrar of admissions at Dalhousie University. 
And so through that work, I got out and traveled a lot, recruiting students and then doing academic advising with them. And, um, and some of that scholarship stuff came in around that stuff as well. And, um, and then actually doing the admissions because back in those days, people actually saw the application and actually like calculated the average and, and did that. Now it's mostly done by machines, of course, but, um, so during all of those, all of that type of work, you know, the, the common thing was working with young people and sometimes with their parents as well. And I just, I really enjoyed that, but I always found myself kind of um, wanting to uh, do something more with them, I guess, and provide more information to them. Because what I was seeing, especially when I was working in admissions, was that people were coming in or I was meeting people on my travels and they would be missing opportunities that I, that could really have helped them. And I really, that really bothered me that I wasn't there to help them with that. And it's like, oh, if I hadn't known, you know, we could have did this or gee, you know, maybe we could have done that a little bit differently and that would have helped you out more. Or I found myself kind of doing career counseling with them while they were in there for their academic advising and trying to help them with all kinds of different stuff. So, uh, you know, that sort of stuff just came naturally to me. And then, um, I knew that there was a, a career such as the one that I'm doing right now in the United States. And um, in the United States, it's actually quite common what I do, but there aren't very many people in Canada who do this type of work. Um, so anyway, there was a training uh, for people to, to get this type of experience. Um, and it was, it was an American organization and they had never been to Canada before to give this training. So I've been watching this over the years because I always thought that's perfect. I would love to do that, but I just don't know how to get into it and I don't know how to start it and everything. So they had this for the first time in Canada about five years and I went to it and I was the only Canadian in the group. In Canada. <laughs> in Canada, yeah. So it was held in Toronto, um, part of a big, um, uh, like North American um, university fair. And, um, but they decided to have this kind of like pre-conference, I guess you would say before that big conference and um, give this training for people who are interested in doing this as a career. And um, yeah, and I was the only Canadian in the group. So, um, but that was the impetus to kind of get me to think, oh gee, these people are actually doing this. You can do this as a career. And, you know, it just gave me the confidence, I guess, to kind of, you know, start this thing that I've been thinking about for all of these years. So, um, so that's what I did about three years ago. I just started doing it, basically. And, um, and so I've been doing it for about three years now. It's kind of uh, changed a little bit where I started more kind of on career and kind of admission stuff. And now it's, I do more work with, um, scholarship preparation for students that seems to be the area where they really kind of need want to focus and and need to focus some of that um some of their you know the time that they have available they want to kind of focus on that and i love doing that so anyway that's how it all happened so what are the what are the different things that you do help people with and is it the students that come to you that's a separate question but is it the students that come to you or is it the parents 
Well, as far as who I work with, I work with uh, students and parents across Canada. So um, yeah, even though I'm located here in Halifax, I work a lot with students. I have I have a students right. I'm working with now in Newfoundland, and some in Ontario, and some you know in one Alberta, one in BC. So I'm kind of you know I I, I help everybody that I can, but. Um, Usually it's the parents who come to me. Um, I have worked with the students, with a few students who have just basically were real um, kind of independent go-getters and they just hired me. And the only time that I ever had any interaction with the parent was when they paid me. <laughs> so, um, but that's not normally the case. Normally um, the parent and I, usually the mom, <laughs> it's usually moms. Um, we'll, we'll have a chat kind of beforehand and I'll find out what it is that um, that they need, what kind of help they need. And then I mostly work at that point, I mostly work one to one with the student and just kind of keeping the parent informed if that's what they want to do. Sometimes um, it will be the parent and the student together. Um, but mostly it's kind of the parents kind of setting this up. Um, the student obviously has to be very um, bought in to the whole process and want to work with me. Um, and then I, I mostly work with the student after that. And but I do keep the parent informed if that's what they um, if that's what they want and need. So if you are helping students with scholarship. Um, preparation. What does that mean? Are you helping them write their scholarship applications or are you just coaching them through it or you're not writing it for them? I know that. <laughs> That's a no-no. I don't, uh, I don't um, propose anybody does that no. for, their, for their student. Um, so what I do, the main kind of value, I guess, that I provide with students is if they have a especially if they have a scholarship application that they're working on, what we can do is we can look at the the types of questions. And normally, the the most help that I give and the most help that people need is with the essay or the essays that are on the application. So I would help them to basically brainstorm their um, experiences, and then I help them to kind of pull out the stuff that will be um the best way to um to put those experiences on their application so it's bringing out the best information possible and so i have ways that i can kind of help them to to think about this and then frame it um, on their essay and then after that um, they go away and they write and then they'll send it to me and i'll review it and um, and give them some feedback on it, and then we meet, and then we discuss the feedback. So they're actually working on an application and working on the essay, but what they're doing is they're learning about the process, so the structure and the organization of an essay, and then also um, the things that they should be doing to kind of bring that to life and the experiences and the stories that they should be telling on that application that are going to make it a memorable one and kind of put it to the top of the pile. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the value that I give to students. Um, and so they do the work, but I just kind of facilitate that, you know, pulling out that their best, um, the best that they have to give. Yeah, so it really is a, a coaching relationship. It's like a if we if we were working with a business coach, the business coach would 
push and prod us to bring out the things that we need to do in our marketing or in some other area of our business. So it sounds very, very similar. Yeah, it is. Um, now I provide them with um, videos that go through like very kind of step-by-step -step process of, you know, this is how you should structure it. This is how you organize it. This is how, um, how you can bring out those stories and everything. But yeah, the, the real um, value is in the discussion and helping them to, to determine what it is that they should be putting on there. And that's all stuff that they can then use from that point forward on all of their applications. So because normally students will apply for several, or they should be hopefully <laughs> applying for several. Um, and this is just in it, the way that I look at it too, is it's just kind of a, a life skill in a way, because this is the same process you go through when you're creating your resume, when you're creating a cover letter, when you're in an interview situation, it's always thinking about what is it that they're looking for and what is the best um, examples that I can give to mm -hmm. give them what it is that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, it just sounds so similar to trying to market a business. You're really trying to market yourself to the, exactly. to whoever's making this decision. Yeah. How, so I have lots of questions. Um, <laughs> are, so you mentioned that this is something they could use in other scholarship applications. So are most scholarship applications very similar now? Well, they have um, similar themes normally, not all of them, but um, they'll have scholarship applications normally have certain kinds of themes. So you just like in it, just like in an, an interview for a job, they usually focus on certain areas of skills or areas of personal like soft skills or whatever. So uh, for scholarships, there's um, there, some of the themes might be discuss a time that you faced a challenge. What was it? What did you do? How did you overcome it? Um, it might be discuss a time that you uh, were in a leadership role. What skills did you need to, to use? Um, how did you motivate people? What skills do you think that you developed through that? Um, there's sometimes there, especially with universities, there might be um, questions about why did you choose this program? What are your plans for the future? <clears throat> Excuse me, I think I'm losing my voice. <laughs> no, we can't have both of us lose our voice on the same podcast. I don't think that can happen through, you know, <laughs> online uh, communication, but anyway. Um, so, uh, so that sort of future plans, tell us about your future plans. How did you decide it? And, you know, what do you plan to do basically? Um, you know, so these are some of the common themes. There's all, there's usually something around volunteer, um, to, you know, like tell us about your volunteer experience. What, what was the contribution you felt you made? What did you learn? That sort of thing. So the way that I try to help students to think about like a very general kind of formula, I guess you would say that they can use on, on a lot of these applications is you wanna talk about your experience and what happened and what you did. And then you wanna talk about what you learned from that experience. What was the learning that you had? And then how are you gonna use that learning in the future? So it's the experience, what you learned and how you're gonna use that learning in the future. And if they can kind of, you know, stick to that kind of basic uh, format, then 
that's a really easy thing that they can understand and that they can they can draw on. And when they when they learn some of these really kind of, you know, like, oh, that's what it is, <laughs> you know, oh, okay, I can do that. Then they can start to actually put stuff down on paper because you know what it's like yourself when you're trying to write some and you've got a blank in front of you and you've got lots of ideas, but you don't know how to put them down. You don't know what's important. Should I say this? Should I say that? So that just helps them to, to put that into a bit of a framework. Mm -hmm. And that's also for anybody listening who likes to write a blog post, that's a great formula for a blog post. In fact, I think uh, our friend Mary Jane Copps probably uses something very similar for her blog formula. I had this experience. Here's what I learned. And here's how I'm going to use that going forward. Mm -hmm. so even if they you know, go to university and they end up starting their own business, it's, it's, it's going to help them interviews. It's going to help them when they're marketing. It's going to help them when they start a blog because everybody blogs, right, Janet? Well, yeah, they should. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> um, we had a question from Sherry who's listening on uh, Facebook Live. She wants to know, do you also help people find the right scholarships to apply for? Mm, okay, so that's a great question. And I get that a lot. So I do help people find scholarships. But... I don't probably do it in the way that you would want me to <laughs> okay. put it that way. Finding scholarships is a time consuming process. I, I'm not going to lie to you. <clears throat> now, there are ways that you can do it that are that will cut down on your time and your energy considerably. But because everybody's different and because every scholarship is different, it would be difficult for me to I could spend all my time just trying to find people scholarships. And if they want to pay me to do that, well, then great. <laughs> you know, you could pay me to do that. Or um, what I've developed, because this is such a common problem and, and such a common question that I get, I developed a, um, a guide uh, called How to Find Scholarships. And, you know, you probably have read or seen some stuff online about this is how you find scholarships. Ask at your work, ask, you know, look for within your community, look mm -hmm. online for on the search engines. Well, you know, that's all great information, but how do you actually do that? And what's the system that you can put into place so that you're doing it in the best way possible? So I put together this guide, it's a 12 page guide that not only tells you where to look, but how to look. So, you know, it goes into things like, it, you know, like some online, it'll say, oh, check with your guidance office, check with guidance. Okay. And I, that is something that you should do. That's one of my tips is to check at guidance, but I don't just tell you, I just, I don't stop there. I tell you what you should do or what your, your student should do is at the beginning of the year, they should put together their activity list and um, make an appointment at guidance and go in and talk to the guidance counselor about and give them your, their list of activities. Talk to the guidance counselor about what kinds of scholarships it is that you're looking for and go over some of your, your volunteer activities and things that you've been doing or whatever. Tell them about what universities you're looking at applying to. Um, and things like that so that they know that I, I, I'm interested in, that, in scholarships, I'm actively looking for them. And so they, because some scholarships will only come into the guidance office or they will 
be not be very well advertised other than through the guidance office. So the guidance office often has really good information. Another thing that they that students should be doing in terms of the guidance is um, finding out what the procedure is when the for when guidance um, announces scholarships. So are they very active on social media and are they putting stuff out on Twitter or whatever? Some are. Do they have a website where they post the new ones? Do they post them regularly on Wednesdays? If that's the case, your students should be checking in every Wednesday to find out when the, the new scholarships are up. So this is what I mean about um, it being time consuming, but it's also it's also when you know where to look and how to look that will cut down on the <clears throat> excuse me the work and the time that it takes to find them um, and the thing is um, there are a lot of people who won't put in the time and who will get frustrated and who will give up. that's unfortunate but for those who continue to put in the time and to look on a regular basis over the course of those months. And, and by months, I mean from now until, you know, end of April is the main time. There'll be scholarships that will be coming up. They'll open, they'll close, they'll open, they'll close all through those months. If you're checking regularly in these different areas that I've suggested and you're doing the things that I suggest, you're going to be way ahead of all of the people who have just tried and whatever and got frustrated and said, I give up because mm -hmm. a lot of people will just give up. It's the people who don't give up <laughs> who find them. And, you know, if they're harder to find, then that's better for you because that means that fewer people are going to be applying for them. So mm -hmm. the, the, the fewer people in the pool, the better, right? I think that's something that's changed since it's been 27, 28 years since I graduated high school. <clears throat> and I was lucky to have a couple of scholarships. Um, I don't think I even had to apply for them. They were just ones, you know, one came from my university and one came from my church, I think. <laughs> so I think there's a, it, there's been a big change in that there's scholarships available everywhere and we have a better way to find out about them we have more access to them, I guess, than we would have had 28 years ago, where you had to know somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody that knew about the scholarship. Mm -hmm. That was the only way to find out about them. Mm -hmm. That's true. I mean, some of those ones still exist where you just kind of handed them and you don't even, <laughs> you don't even know where they came from type of thing. But that's, um, that's not the case normally. Mm -hmm. You do have to put in the time um, to find them. But what I will say, and if anybody out there follows me, they will know that my line is that grade 12 is your student's best opportunity for scholarships. There will never, ever be a time where there are more opportunities and less competition. So there will be opportunities in university for scholarships and whatever, but they're far fewer and they tend to be very competitive. Mm -hmm. So this is the time. And when I say this is the time, I mean, this is the time because it's now, it's November. There are, you know, the biggest scholarship in Canada is being offered right now. And the deadline is October 24th. That's the Loran scholarship, $100,000. And there are 24 of them. Wow. And then, then there are other tiers of them, 5,000, 2,000. There are hundreds of scholarships available within this organization. Deadline, October 24th. That's so, next week for anybody that's watching. <laughs> 
So, you know, so there are, they, they come up fast in grade 12 and then they keep going until about the end of April. And then there are a few after that, but that's kind of the main season, right? So um, last year, for example, before Christmas, I, I posted just like general kinds of scholarships. Um, I posted over 20 of them on my social media just to just ones that I came across. Yeah. Well, and even, I, I mean, I tagged you in one on Twitter yesterday, I think from, was it Best Buy? Best Buy is offering $10,000 scholarships. And I didn't look at what you had to do to apply. But I said, Janet will pass that on to the right people. So yeah. there's, there's information coming out all the time, probably from all kinds of organizations we don't even realize have scholarships. Sherry's commenting here on Facebook Live that, um, she remembers applying for one from our parents' insurance company that yep. she never would have thought to look there. Yep. So I know there are you know, church groups. I know the Rotary and the Shriners and all of those groups, all of the, mm-hmm. um, I forget what those groups are called. It's community organizations. Community organizations. They all have scholarships for sons and daughters of their members mm-hmm. and um, all kinds of employers have them for sons and daughters of of people that work there so there's tons of places yeah and the important thing though is that these are entrance scholarships meaning entering from grade 12 into university they're often not available to students who are currently attending university so these are entrants and that's what it's re- that's the point that I'm trying to make about grade right. 12 this year of opportunity what about what about students that take a gap year does that are they eligible for scholarships if they've taken a year off to figure out their life yeah well you know what it depends on the organization and they're all going to be different so you do have to read the fine print to find out if your if your child is taking a gap year often they will um they will allow you to um defer your scholarship a year for the for the following year if you're taking a gap year so mm-hmm. a lot will allow you to defer but some may not so it's really important that you read the fine print on that one or if it doesn't say contact the organization to find out but you would have had to have apl- you would have to apply for that yes. in in grade 12 anyway and have yeah. it in place and then decide to take the gap year yes yeah so i i I bet lots of students who are thinking about having a gap year don't think to apply for scholarships before they go. Probably not. Yes. Probably. There's one in my house right now. I guarantee he didn't apply for any scholarships. Okay. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> um, what is the most interesting scholarship application process you've ever seen? Are there, have there been any that stand out as different? If they asked for a different type of application or they asked weird questions or. Okay. So there's one, and I don't know if it's an annual one, but I know last year, like a lot of times uh, people will get frustrated because of the parameters or the requirements on different scholarships. So they have to have this average or they have to have, you know, financial need or, you know, different things. But there are some that don't have any kinds of uh, requirements on them at all. They're they're basically like an essay contest. So they're you still have to they're still based on merit. So you still have to do something to earn it. Um, but it's more it's it's mostly just 
based on that essay. It, it doesn't have anything to do with your grades or community involvement even or anything. It's a story that you're telling. So what? The, so there are two that are kind of interesting. One is um, one that is, I think, still, I don't, I don't know what the deadline is. It might have passed, but it's, it's very current anyway. And it's the, the dumbest thing I ever did with money. <laughs> That's a thousand dollars for this wow. essay. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, anybody can write that essay. I mean, we've all done stupid things with money. So, and it's kind of a fun one too. Like it's they're part of what you are um, uh, uh, evaluated on is um, is uh, humor. So that's actually like, I don't know if it's 10% or 20% or something like that, that you're evaluated on on the essay. So there's that one, but the, my favorite was um, one that came out at, around the end of last year. And it was um, how hot tubs make our lives better. <laughs> so this was an actual scholarship. I mean, an essay contest is what it was. So it's, um, it, it's put out by a hot tub cover uh, company. Okay. You know? And yeah, the, the essay you had to write about how hot tubs make our lives better. So anytime anybody says, oh, you need to be a 90 student in order to get a scholarship and everything, I tell them about the money one and the hot tub one. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's how Hot Tub Time Machine, the movie, came about. <laughs> <laughs> make our lives better. <laughs> Um, Paul's dropping some links in the, the comments here um, to some programs. One is for African Nova Scotian students and another one at Dow, probably programs that you know about, but he's put some links in there for anybody who uh, is looking for some specific links. Thank you, Paul. Um, thanks for that, Paul. Hmm. So let's move on then to the social media side, the marketing side of your business. Hmm. So you're marketing to parents and students. So hmm. you're no. No? Okay. No, not really to students. Okay. Mostly just to parents. Um, um, my, the way that I frame my information is normally how parents can help their students to do this. Now, I'm helping them to do it and, and I want them to help their student to do it, but I also would like to be part of that process as well. So if, by showing my expertise and showing um, giving them ideas of how, you know, different things that, that they can do to help. Um, it's also then, you know, promoting me and my business and how I can help them further, I guess you would say. Right. So, okay. So how, what are you doing on social media then? Where, where do we find you on social media? Well, you know me, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I love my Twitter. <laughs> so Twitter's my jam. Um, and I, I like Twitter for certain reasons. I think that I think my audience is on Twitter, and that's an important thing when you're, you know, when you're doing social media, you want to be where your audience is. Um, but I like Twitter because of its accessibility. You know, I can I can get directly to um, schools, guidance offices, um, indi like individuals and organizations. Um, I can, you know, I could, my message can get out to them directly, you know, through, um, through, you know, adding them or whatever, mm -hmm. through, through tagging them or whatever, um, and through hashtags and everything like that. So I find Twitter is really good 
in that way. I like it because it does force you to be quite succinct. And I like that. I like it to be that way. I like it because I can follow who I want to follow. And my feed is filled with things that I'm interested in. Um, so, so I love Twitter. Um, my audience is also on Facebook. So I am on face, I have a Facebook page and I'm on there, you know, pretty regularly. And <clears throat> excuse me, last year I did Facebook lives over, probably did about 18 of them once a week. And I was very, mm -hmm. I was very disciplined with myself. I'm quite disciplined. Um, so I did it every week, uh, you know, over the course of about, uh, four months. And, um, and that was really good. I'm not sure that it really, in some ways, increased, you know, my, I think it did increase my audience, but what it did was it forced me to create a lot of content mm -hmm. that I can just use and use and, you know, it was really great for that. Um, so I got lots of blogs out of it. I got lots of, and it just forced me to kind of just come up with stuff every week to talk about and I can, and I keep kept coming up with stuff I could come up with stuff all the time I could come mm -hmm. up with stuff every day I got you know I just because I love it but um so yeah so Twitter Facebook I'm a little bit on LinkedIn a little bit more recently and you know I'm I'm going to try to to use that a little bit more but I'm just one person and so I need to just you know, be focused. I like to, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it well, and I want to be giving valuable information and, and you know, getting my my message out there as, as, you know, as properly as I can. So I'm not going to be places that I don't know how to use, I don't enjoy, where my, my people aren't there or whatever, just to be there. I'm going to be in places that I want to be and that I'm, you know, being useful. Mm -hmm. So you said Twitter's your favorite. Yeah, we, we have conversations on Twitter. I mean, Twitter is still my favorite too because it is instant and fun and you have access to everybody. And <clears throat> except for the really big celebrities, most people are running their own accounts. So you know, if you're talking, chances are, if you're talking to somebody on Twitter, you're talking to them. Mm -hmm, well, that's true. always nice. Um, <clears throat> what kind of content, if people go start following you today, what kind of content could they expect to see on uh, Facebook and Twitter? Mm. Is so, it all scholarship listings? Uh, no, it's not. Well, it's not scholarship listings. It's a lot to do with scholarships. And like, for example, I just put out one, I just put a video up on Facebook today to talk about how to help your child to prioritize their time. Mm. So not necessarily about my message, it was you know, we talk about managing time and helping our child to manage time, but first they need to prioritize the, their big goals when they walk across the stage in grade 12 and their graduation. What is it that they really want to have accomplished? And, you know, the, to build that into the to you know, make that a priority, build it into the schedule, et cetera. So there's that kind of like just general kind of stuff. And then there would be more specific um, kind of things as well about how to set up, you know, why you should set up a professional email for your, your students should set a professional, a professional kind of looking email and why they should have an email management system so they're not missing out on opportunities and they're not missing important information because that's the way universities will communicate with them. So, you know, there's 
all kinds, there's really specific, there's more general um, stuff, but there's, there's a lot of stuff on there. There's some career exploration stuff. I really love career exploration with young people. I don't do a lot of it, but I, I do really love it. Um, there's information about how to help your child to choose a good, um, to choose a university program that's suited to them, how to research that, how to, um, what's the importance of a campus tour, what questions should you be asking on a tour or to a university representative, mm -hmm. um, you know, so lots of that type of stuff. Well, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be all over your website in about, well, I have one in grade 10 and one in grade eight. So I'm coming right up into your, <laughs> into your timeline here. So it's all good information for me. And grade um, 11 is a very <laughs> important year. Mm -hmm. so. Why? Tell us why grade 11 is so important. Because it is highly likely, although I can't say with any exact specifics or anything, but it is highly likely that grade 11 marks and grade 11 activities will be used for scholarships and for uh, university admission. So if you think about that timeline that I just talked about, how these scholarships, for example, are coming up early in, Octo in October and November and December, there's not, if you're applying for those in grade 12, you haven't, grade 12 hasn't happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> so they're using information from grade 10 and grade 11. And if your child is being, um, uh, is, you know, going for university admission before, December, then what grades are they using? They don't have any grade 12 grades yet if they're in a semestered system, right? So, you know, it's these types of things that make grade 11, you know, a pretty important year in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we, uh, we underestimate that people, a lot of kids probably think they can take that year, take that year off <laughs> to an extent. No, not, none of that, none of that in my house. Uh, okay, so back to back to social media for one last question before we go. Um, what's your biggest, what's your, your best tip for a small business who is trying to use social media? What was, if they were asking you to sort of help them get on there and get going, what would you tell them is the one thing they should do? Yeah, there are a lot of things, but I think for me, one of the things that um, <clears throat> that I believe in, it's not very, you know, sexy or anything, but just consistently providing value to people, just consistently putting stuff out there, even if nobody's reading it, like my Facebook lives, there weren't that many people, <clears throat> excuse me, who joined me live, but I created some really great content out of that. I really figured out a lot of stuff about what I wanted to convey to people as well. So Creating that content really requires like you to just focus mm -hmm. to learn what it is that you want that what value you bring to people and then how to communicate that to people and then just, you know, putting that out on a really consistent basis. So people know, hey, she's serious about this and this is this is great stuff. This is really valuable. Um, and I need this. So that's, uh, that would be my, I guess, my big takeaway from my experience anyway. Yeah. And it's certainly one, I mean, you've known me long enough to know that that's one of the things I espouse too, is that your content should be useful. It should be educational. 
Um, there's certainly lots of room on, especially on Twitter, but on all of the media for, you know, fluffy cat videos and things that are just funny. And we all enjoy that stuff. But as a business, we really need to be showing our expertise with what we're putting out there and um, making valuable content. Even if only five people watch that first Facebook Live, mm -hmm. that's what, that's how we do it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I know, I know you're uh, mm -hmm. always putting out great value too. So that's I, the big thing. I do try. I do try to put out useful content. I can never put out, I, I could never put out something that I would consider a fluffy cat video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so not, a, not of my own doing. I do sometimes share them because you know, cats, but <laughs> anyway, any other uh, tips you want to share with, with us? Anything else we've missed in the discussion today? Not really. I think um, one of the main uh, things that really kind of um, makes me sad is that sometimes people will contact me in April, May, June and say, oh, my you know, son or daughter's going to university and do you have any, are there any scholarships available for them or what should they, they don't know what they're going to do or whatever. And it's just, it's, I mean, it's not too late, but it's really late. And now is actually the time that you should be figuring this out. And like I say, creating that schedule for yourself and checking in regularly to find these opportunities because they're out there and I hate for people to miss a great opportunity. Perfect last tip. Thank you so much for all that information. I hope that uh, having you here today in the middle of that season will get the word out to a few more people and I will certainly share it with everybody I can. Um, I know I've got friends and, and family who have kids that are just at the cusp of all of this as well. So um, great information for everybody. Thank you so much for, for joining me today on the Hellablab. And Thanks. thank you to everybody who tuned in and to Paul and Sherry and, and the people that commented on Facebook Live. Thank you for joining us. If you're interested in being featured on Hallablab, please send us a message and let us know. You can find us on all the social media. Um, you can find us at twerp.ca or you can just email us at info at twerp.ca and that's T-W-I-R-P.ca. We'll see you next week on the Hallablab again, Fridays at 1.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. Stay social, Halifax. Thanks for listening this week. You can catch the Hallablab live every Friday at 1.30 p.m. Atlantic, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on the Twerp Communications Facebook page or catch the replay on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can go to twerp.ca for links to everything we mentioned in this episode. And while you're there, you'll probably want to grab one of the freebies available to help small businesses manage their own social media marketing. If you run a small business in the Halifax area and you'd like to be featured on Halablab, we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at twerp.ca. That's info at twirp.ca. Talk to you next week.